Hi, I'm Gabby. I'm a senior library assistant, and my favorite holiday is Christmas. Hello, I'm Amanda. I'm a children's librarian, and my favorite holiday is Halloween. Hi, my name is Brittany, and I am a library services supervisor, and my favorite holiday is also Halloween. And this is the Ask Us Desk. Well, hello. I hope you are all in the hello. holiday spirits. This episode is going to all be about holidays in the library. So just in general, like what holidays have been celebrated at libraries where you work and how you feel about um, decorating the library for certain holidays um, and what is like a, the line or the difference between decorating the library for the holidays and creating displays or doing programming and things like that. So the very first library where I worked, um, we did decorate for Christmas, but we didn't decorate for really, and Halloween, I think. But I can't think of any other holidays that we really decorated for. And in the sort of line between decorated for versus like creating a book display, because I think for every like holiday or month or, you know, like whatever there was, there was always some sort of book display or maybe even like a bulletin board display. But in terms of like decorating, like, okay, we're going to get out the tinsel. We're going to put in like 12 Christmas trees <laughs> or like things like that. Or, you know, for Halloween, we're going to get out the skeleton and we're going to, you know, like do all this stuff. Um, those were like really the only two that they flat out like would decorate for from my memory. And then other libraries where I've worked, like there was one that actually did uh, through the friends of the library, the photos with Santa. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, it's definitely a thing, I think, especially more in like Southern places, you know, Texas in particular, <laughs> I think it's a big, Christmas is a big deal and um, in public libraries and there's not really a division of like, hey, you know, maybe some people don't celebrate Christmas. It's like, shh, shh, shh put the finger to the lips, like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, because I mean, even with the library that I currently work at, there's one that does a really big um, Christmas book tree, um, which is the location that Gabby works at, but I don't know if they're doing that this year because of COVID. No, mm -mm, we didn't do it this year. Yeah, and people would love it. Um, they would make a huge, sometimes it'd be like taller than like, you know, it's like six foot tall, big um, tree, Christmas tree that made out of books, but there was never like anything for other holidays. There wasn't a menorah or anything for Kwanzaa, anything like that. So the decorations were, it's oh, it's Christmas time. Halloween, there might be a few um, decorations at some of the libraries, but Christmas, I feel like is the really big holiday that the libraries would really get into. Uh, with programming, there might be some, you know, monthly groups that like, you know, book clubs or craft groups that would meet monthly or maybe biweekly that would have a kind of a Christmas special type of thing. Like maybe like the arts and crafts group with adults, they would do like make holiday cards or Christmas cards or a Christmas tree ornament or something like that. Or maybe a book club would read kind of a Christmas themed book 
things like that. There was um, a library that we all had worked with together before where we all met. Um, and, <laughs> and we had a wonderful staff member on the team. I miss her. I love her who um, she would put on a Diwali program and she is Indian American and she, you know, really knows like, the culture and the people in the community um, to be able to put on that program to where a lot of people would come. And it was a big thing for both like the Indian population and like, but also just people in general would come. But yeah, I agree though that it's public libraries in the South or maybe not just in the South, but smaller town, like rural libraries go all out about Christmas. They're like, we're doing everything with Christmas. We're having Santa. We're going to have, you know, the decorations with the Christmas tree, have some Christmas programs, go all in. Mm -hmm. I say all of the libraries I've ever worked at, yeah, decorated for Christmas. Like it wasn't even like a general winter decoration or seasonal. It was very much Christmas specific. And then, yeah, I also worked at the same library where the friends would put on the photos with Santa. Shout out to one of those Santas who we all later worked with. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. a different life. Santa. <laughs> I know Santa. him. I know I him. him. <laughs> I do. I knew immediately who you were talking about. Yeah. Friend of the show, Santa. Um, <laughs> so in the cozy mystery world, um, holiday homicides are a big deal. <laughs> so <laughs> I always do a holiday homicide display. Um, for those who are not so fuzzy about Christmas. But I also do a holiday, and I try to keep it a generic holiday romance. Um, and I will put this out in the world. If you know of Hanukkah-based or Kwanzaa-based or Diwali-based romances, please send me a line because I am desperate to find those so I can promote them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for a lot of cultures, there isn't necessarily a big holiday around this time, which really throws yeah. in a wrench for people who are trying to find some sort of substitute. Like Hanukkah, I've heard is not, I mean, I'm not Jewish, but I've heard it's not like the biggest holiday for Jewish folks, like Passover or other holidays might be a bigger deal. But we kind of right. make Hanukkah into this thing because it's close to Christmas and we want to like include everybody into Christmas. And so we want to give everybody a thing that's around this time some holidays like you know lunar new year or something is in february and like that's like a, the biggest holiday for a lot of folks and another part of the world and so it's like kind of interesting that we we try and like shoehorn people into holidays around this time yeah. <laughs> that's a good point and when we say holiday season we mean christmas like, like <laughs> i don't even really want a front <laughs> like that's what that means <laughs> There's a war on Christmas, Amanda. You have to say Christmas. Yeah, we we lost the war on Christmas, y'all. We, oh. I say we. I'm not really including y'all in this, but <laughs> me me in terms of like being an atheist, we lost the war on Christmas. <laughs> You're like there was a legit war on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, can we stop shoving Christmas down everybody's faces? Oh no. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll celebrate it anyway and just celebrate it in the most secular way I possibly can. <laughs> Yay, capitalism. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And I, what do you guys think? Do you think that libraries shouldn't do decorations for just holidays in general? Or should it be where we go to the other extreme where we're making sure that we have decorations for every single holiday? Yeah, our, our library system has kind of this, I don't know if it's a written understanding or just like a 
understanding that we don't decorate for any holiday and so that's kind of like my weird like nuancing way of like trying to define what those two different things are because we definitely do put up like bulletin boards and do book displays for different holidays um at my library i have never put up a christmas display just because it's kind of one of those things where i feel like i don't need to like the Christmas books disappear by Christmas. So I don't need to put a display out to be like, hey, we have Christmas books. They know where they are and they have been found before I can even try to make a display of some kind. Yeah, especially <laughs> picture books, yeah. Um, but for other holidays, you know, I will try and pull stuff out and people will always be surprised like, oh, you have books, you know, about this holiday? And I'm like, yeah, we have lots of books. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like in my mind, like what, what I'm going to make a dis even a display for or, you know, decorate a bulletin board for is like going to be something that maybe people won't know that we have based on our circulation. And um, yeah, and in terms of programming, that's a whole other thing. Like we have definitely never had any kind of Christmas program or holiday program, but we have had, you know, winter programs like let's yeah. make a snowflake or yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I do know that at one of our branches, um, there is a big kind of community program that usually goes on every time around Christmas and the library goes and works that event, like does like different programming around it. So I guess that you could say is kind of more Christmas centric. Sometimes they'll spend it as it's like a winter fest type of a thing, but really it's Christmas. There's a Santa there. There's <laughs> everything, you know, it's, it's Christmas. And then I, I would love your thoughts, both of your thoughts on this. I found myself this week um, in meetings that I was in with people saying, asking people like, hey, do you all have plans for Christmas? And then I was like, wait a second. I should not assume that everybody in this meeting is one Christian or two even celebrates Christmas or what have you. What are your thoughts on that? Do you ask about people's like what they're planning on doing for the holidays? Yeah, I mean, I... I think I, I do, or I at least try to, you know, oh, if you have Christmas plans or plans for the break or, you know, the vacation coming up. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I assume people do things with their time off, even if they're not. <laughs> I love to celebrate, and this is probably my blind spot because Christmas is, in fact, my favorite holiday. And sort of going back to the question before, I, yeah, I want to celebrate everything for everyone all the time, <laughs> which logistically is a nightmare, but I think anything I can do to help people celebrate whatever their thing is, I want to do that. And that's definitely a personality thing for me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I definitely do ask that question and should definitely consider at least painting it in broader strokes to be more inclusive. Yeah, I think because I know that I have several coworkers who don't celebrate Christmas, like, I mean, it's just, it comes down to knowing your coworkers and to some extent people keep a really hard line of like work and life. But, you know, I know some of my coworkers are Muslim or atheist or Jehovah's Witness and they don't celebrate any holidays, including birthdays. So I know not to like say how, you know, when's your birthday? <laughs> you know, so it just comes, kind of comes down to like knowing your coworkers, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, but, but as Gabby said, we still get the days off. We get Christmas Eve and Christmas off. And so you could still ask, you know, like, what are you doing with your days off? Or if you celebrate Christmas, are you doing anything? I think those are perfectly good questions yeah. to ask if you don't know. Yeah, it was kind of like a, just a slip up. And as soon as I said it, there was like, for example, there was one person where I'm like, oh, 
I'm really, I'm starting to get to know them. I don't think they celebrate. And I realized I shouldn't have asked, Hey, what are you, what is everyone doing for Christmas? It was just kind of like small talk before the meeting really started basically over zoom. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then I was, I just had been thinking about it since then. Like, okay, I need to change up my wording or how I approach different topics. I shouldn't make assumptions. It's a continuous growing process. (laughs) For sure. The programming during, for the holidays in libraries is a really interesting concept because I think it, in done in a certain way, it can be a really great community building thing. And I think, um, you know, that library where I used to work did it the right way. They had their friends of the library organize that event. And the friends of the library are made up of people who celebrate Christmas. And so they're trying to celebrate Christmas with their community and everybody else who celebrates Christmas. But I, I do think it is important to like seek out community partnerships and listen to people and and see those other people in your community, if they have holidays that are important to them, how you can support uh, them if they wanna have the library involved in celebrating it, I think is also a really good path to take. Yeah, absolutely. There, I have recently subscribed to a Discord um, through library Twitter and on there, and then also I think on regular Twitter, people were posting uh, links to this poem that somebody sent out one of their like listservs for librarians. I don't know what organization or what list they're on necessarily, but so the sort of summary of this poem is that it's supposed to be based on the Grinch and the main character is a Grinchy librarian for some reason, even though a librarian wrote this, they wrote this sort of despicable Grinch-like librarian character who is laid off from their job due to COVID-19 they are the only place they can find a job is the North Pole and when she gets there she discovers that the working conditions are terrible and wants to like talk to somebody about that but that's you know written in such a way to indicate that she was being um obnoxious by pointing those things out (laughs) she's being a Grinch um and then also she points out that like the toys that they're sending out aren't safe for like the, or like choking hazards or whatever. And the elves are just like, I could just, you know, the way that's written, it kind of feels like the elves are like rolling their eyes at her. Like, oh, you know, (laughs) choking hazard, killing babies. We don't care about that. (laughs) And and then Santa shows up out of nowhere and like hypnotizes her. Yeah. Yep. And and, um, like basically says, you know, like you will like forget everything you've seen here, all the terrible working conditions, all of the like, you know, choking hazard toys, and instead you'll just be like a docile um, woman who is here. And then she shouts like randomly for no reason about there being a vaccine. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I really don't, I don't understand uh, the poem or what it's trying to say. It has, you know, the sort of like cutesy um, Dr. Seuss rhyming scheme. The author of this poem was saying it was meant to be based on the Grinch. I think it's a weird choice to make the Grinch the librarian. If you're a librarian, I would think you would make the Grinch perhaps like some person who doesn't like books for some reason. And then the <laughs> librarian comes in and is like, don't you know, like the librarian is like the Mary Lou Sue. Is that the name of the character? Cindy Lou Who. Cindy Lou Sue. So then the librarian is like the Cindy Lou Sue who comes in and is like, but books are great, you know? And then they're all like holding hands and singing, <laughs> you know, like, I think that would be how you would write a Grinch poem about libraries, but I could be wrong. What do I know? Are a librarian like 
Like we don't get enough of the the yeah. stereotypical shushing and dour. Mean, dour. Oh my god. <laughs> the word dour. I'm done with I'm done with you if you're a man who uses the word dour about a woman. It's, uh, it's problematic a little bit, a lot of it. I mean, one, it's awful. <laughs> like just really <laughs> awful. But yeah, and also I actually read How the Grinch Stole Christmas today because it's on the Rory Gilmore Reading Challenge and I never have actually read it. So I was like, okay, this is a fast one. I'm going to check it off. And Dr. Seuss did a much better job. I couldn't understand like, okay, but the choking hazard toys, I guess they, I wonder if the author made the librarian the main character because she's like, we're, they're not getting any toys. They're only getting books. And that made me think like, okay, if you're basing this this up on how the Grinch stole Christmas, the Grinch is like, the whole thing is about ruining Christmas for all the people in Whoville. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that books are awful gifts and it's going to ruin Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I think that is what the poem is saying, which is very disturbing to me. Books are great. There was several yeah. years where all I gave people were books. I don't know if they liked that or not. <laughs> I would love it. Um, I love it. In fact, this last year, there's video, there's a Zoom video of my niece getting books for Christmas and going, books! And <laughs> throwing them aside. So maybe there's truth to that. I don't know. <laughs> but she's three so like she's say. disgusted <laughs> yeah she's like books it's okay because there's video of my sister when she was around that age going clothing I hate clothing and it's like the most hilarious thing ever because she grew up to be like a teen that was like obsessed with like fashion and like fashionista type things and so like we were like showing her that and being like see you hate clothing and she's like no I love clothing <laughs> Maybe, um, maybe she'll grow up to love books. What did y'all think about the part of the poem whenever, um, like, she didn't go to Akron, she didn't go to Atlanta, so she went to the North Pole to work for Santa. And I'm like, Akron? Is Akron or Akron? Akron, I think. Ohio, Akron. wherever it is. And Atlanta, Georgia, those are the two spots. She's like, well, I can't go to either of them, so I gotta go to the North Pole. What? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I think, I think it's just for the rhyme. Like it really, oh. it's just for the rhyme. Do it for the rhyme. Yeah, do, do it for the, do it for the gram, do it for the rhyme. Oh. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, but, um, but genuine yay for a vaccine. Yeah, yes. I mean, yes, it, it is still months away from anyone getting a vaccine and I don't know why you'd be screaming about it at the North Pole <laughs> but you know oh my gosh yeah and then there was like something about comparing her to Dr. Fauci yes that one, is so one. yeah also like Dr. Fauci is the most stressed out man in our country these last two years you know like however long we've been in, in lockdown and to say like that she'll be as mellow as him is very funny to me because I'm like, I don't think he feels mellow. I think he feels really stressed out. Yeah. And honest. Oh man. It reminds yeah. me of um there's things on Twitter and there's also a website where it uh people will share, you know, men writing women characters and how just yeah. awful it is. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of that. Oh boy. <laughs> So what are you all currently reading? I'm currently reading Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfleur. 
Um, and this book is like a Hallmark movie in a book. It is delightful. It takes place around Christmas time. So if you're in the mood for reading a holiday book like that, it is a romance novel, you know, adjacent type thing. There are two, I think, pretty steamy sex scenes. It is about two girls who fall in love. So that's nice. I enjoyed it because it was like a spin on the classic, like, we're going to be in a fake relationship. You know, you know, those like that, that's a popular trope. Yeah. So they're, they're in this fake relationship because both of them have people in their family who are pressuring them to be in a relationship. And I do find it kind of sweet that it's like a gay, like lesbian couple and both of their families are totally cool with that. They just want them yeah. to be in a relationship. <laughs> so their families are being like obnoxious and unreasonable because people got to be in relationships on their own time. But they're like accepting in that way, which I thought was kind of nice. Nice. Yeah. I love the fake dating trope. Oh, yeah. It kind of reminded me like that. I think there was a Netflix show that came out recently called Holiday. Yes. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. And so (laughs) I, I watched that and it's kind of a similar concept, except the thing I didn't like about that show was that it was like weirdly obsessed with gender norm like stereotypes like throughout the whole thing it was just like men gotta be this way (laughs) yeah am I right ladies like the whole time and I was just like why I don't know like I know lots of men and lots of women who don't fit those stereotypes and I don't understand why movies and tv shows keep like hammering this thing that isn't that we've all like come to terms with and discovered is not a real thing um they just keep hammering it home for some reason yeah um we i just watched that like i think two weeks ago uh, it was better than the one that i watched last weekend which i cannot remember it was so awful that i blocked it out <laughs> so i've watched so many bad ones i just watched a very nutty christmas starring melissa joan hart where she falls in love with a nutcracker that comes to life oh (laughs) played by the guy who used to be the older brother on seventh heaven that actor oh no (laughs) so two like 90s uh teen sitcom stars in this uh movie that was made last year or something like that oh i was gonna ask was it an older movie but no no nope yeah they're both in their 40s and they both look like they're in their 40s and you know um living their, though. yeah living their best lives um but it's kind of unclear how old she's supposed to be in the movie I don't know in my mind because like at the end she kind of gets set up with this guy who looks much younger than her and I'm like okay like <laughs> I don't know how old she's supposed to be in this movie but so she doesn't um, she doesn't um end up with the nutcracker it's okay well spoilers <laughs> I said that they didn't think I would say today. (laughs) So, spoiler, um, she, she, this nutcracker person, okay, the movie doesn't make any sense, but this, this nutcracker person turns, has to turn back into a nutcracker at like midnight on Christmas Eve or something like that. I don't know why. Um, but he's like sent to her around Christmas time to try and like help her put her life back together. And she like falls in love with him. But you know, it's one of those Christmas movies where there's no like, I think they kiss once or something like that but like there's no sex there's no like booze or anything it's like one of those like wholesome like it's a christmas movie and so 
like she <laughs> um like clearly falls in love with him though and he falls in love with her and but he turns back into a nutcracker and he leaves her a note that says like see you next christmas smiley face but then at the end her neighbor brings over her like handsome grandson who reminds her so much of the nutcracker like he's very similar he even cracks a nut in his hands like the nutcracker dude did and she's like oh i'm gonna fall in love with this guy but i'm like what about next year when chip <laughs> his name is chip by the way when chip comes back he's gonna be like what the hell dude like i thought we had something i thought we were gonna be in love on like the days leading up to christmas every year but no you have gone and married some weird like look-alike to me i don't understand so <laughs> that was that movie um i watched i watched a lot of bad ones that's all i'm saying i've watched a lot of bad ones <laughs> oh man what's the new one that came out with kristen stewart in aubrey plaza Oh, um, oh, happiest, happiest season. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. be watching that one to, probably tonight. Have yeah. y'all seen it? Not yet. I have heard from people in the LGBT community that it is hella problematic, oh. but um, I am going to watch it because I love Dan Levy, um, <laughs> but I am prepared for the yeah. problematicness. Okay. Yeah, Joe was wanting to watch it. And I was like, I've heard really mixed things. And he's like, I want to know why, though. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I watched it. I will say it was a very stressful movie to watch. And the whole time you're like, like from every, like every scene, I'm like, I'd be, I'd be out of there. Like, why are you putting up with this? Like every, like there's this, especially this like part where she's like at first ambushed, like the plot of the movie is that you know, her parents don't know she's gay. And so like when she first tells her that in the car, I'm like, I don't care if I'm like 500 miles from nowhere, I'm getting out walking and like hitchhiking. Like you think I'm gonna go with you to your family? Like after you tell me that? I, I, and, and every step of the way, it was the same thing. I'm like, I'm out of there. I'm out of there. Like every scene, I'm like, why are you still here? And then, you know, it's just like really stressful, very stressful yeah. family. I don't think it's fair. I mean, I feel that's, Wow, I don't know how we turned it into currently reading. <laughs> but and I've not even seen this movie, but just from what I know about the plot and it being that, I'm like, okay, I feel for the girl who she can't come out to her family because I'm assuming the family is very conservative. And that I understand is extremely hard. And I don't think she should be pushed to come out mm -hmm. when she's not ready. Um, but then I do feel for her partner because her partner's like, I want to be out and open with you. This is weird to me. And then like having to be secret, having the whole relationship be a secret. Yeah. Um, and then, but if she told her, hey, by the way, like right before there, is it like when they're mm -hmm. going? Yeah. That is awful. That is the messed up part to me. Yes. It's like she, she lied saying that she already came out to her parents and told them yeah, that she was dating cool. someone. And she invited her to Christmas with her family. And then halfway there, she's like, so here's the thing. I didn't actually come out to them and they don't know that I'm gay. And I'm like, no, no, no yeah. to none of that. Like, it's yeah. okay. Like you said, it's okay if you don't want to be out to your parents. Like nobody's going to push you to do that. But don't lie about it to yeah. your partner. That's yes. messed up. Yeah, that's not cool. I was thinking just from the trailer, oh, she knew like before they even left their town before they go to visit the parents and she's like okay i'm gonna have to go and deal with this 
my my girlfriend's parents don't know that we're in a relationship but Mm -hmm. you know I want to go and support her and I love her I want to be with her Mm -hmm. and I guess we'll just keep this on the down low for now but yeah lying is not cool (laughs) I'm not okay with it (laughs) yeah it was still an entertaining movie and I I I agree that Dan Levy really did a lot of heavy lifting in terms of comedy (laughs) okay um yeah so what are you reading Gabby um, so I just finished a novella called The Naughty List. And <laughs> I follow the author on Instagram. Yes. Go on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, The Naughty List by Ellie Mae McGregor. Um, it is her debut and um, it's got what it, the, one of my favorite taglines from her promos was um, he's got big Nick energy. So this is definitely... <laughs> I was sold right then and there. Uh, yeah. Because oh, it's about like getting naughty with Santa, right? That's what it's yes. about. Yeah. Yes. This is Santa getting down. Um, it's... Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. So think if y'all have seen Rise of the Guardians, like think of Santa Claus built like that, but a, like made to be a little bit younger. So like big forearms and tattoos. Oh, okay. um, what's the one where Kurt Russell is Santa? Uh, the Christmas Chronicles. Okay, that is what I'm picturing this Santa to look like because Kurt Russell's a good looking man. He's a silver fox. Well, that's true. And so <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. I mean, whatever works for you. <laughs> like, I will be honest, Santa, um, even like since I was a kid, terrified me. Like, I, I was like, one, he, okay, he, he knows what, like, if I'm sleeping or if I'm awake, he knows if I'm been bad or good. <laughs> he's sneaking, he's breaking into my house. And like, I had legitimate nightmares about Santa as a kid. And so it's hard for me to, to wrap my head around. There's Santa is now this, this sexy guy that you want to, want to hook up with. But I love that, yeah. that she wrote this. I love that this is it, a thing. It was delightful. Um, I wish she had made the opening part a little bit longer, just as far as how, um, so Santa's name in this is Nikolai. Um, so how Nikolai and the main girl, Kate, um, like how they first connect, I wish that had been um, drawn out a little bit because it is super sudden. Like uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is erotica. Like it is, it is a sexy little novella. Um, hashtag sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> but it was it was delightful and it was full of humor and um, sexy sleigh shenanigans and um, yeah. It if you want some sexy Christmas times, highly <laughs> recommend The Naughty List by Ellie Mae McGregor. I loved it. Nice. Aww. And anyone on that's listening, uh, what's her username on Instagram? Bisexual Bookworm, I think. Yeah, Bisexual Bookworm. Yeah. She's a great person to follow. Her stuff cracks yes. me up. Um, she has some. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, and just because I follow her, I've been very interested in reading it, but then I'm like, I don't like Santa Claus. <laughs> Read it. She needs to do another erotica novella with another. Maybe yeah, another with one of, one of the elves. There we go. Know. Do an elf. <laughs> Do an elf. <laughs> That's the sequel. But yeah, so I am currently reading A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And um, I picked it up because it is on the Rory Gilmore Reading Challenge list. 
and I've never read it before. I've read, I've watched the movie adaptations. Um, and so I know the story about it, but I've never read it before. And it's a quick read. It's only a hundred something pages. Not a huge Dickens fan in general, personally, but if you're looking for a Christmas time book, it's a good one that I would recommend. And um, I think the whole theme, as well as with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which we mentioned earlier, is about how capitalism is bad. Um, you don't need to go and spend a lot of money uh, for Christmas. The reason for the season is just to treat each other nicely, love each other. The best version, in my opinion, is The Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. 100%. Would... <laughs> Good. We are the Ask Us Desk because you can ask us about libraries, librarians, library services, and anything else. You can email us at askuspod at gmail.com or find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at askuspod. Please hit us up with any questions or if you need reading recommendations, we're happy to do that. And we have some questions today. We do. I found a couple on Reddit. So this question is kind of a long paragraph that I will summarize, but basically this is a library um, over in England, small library, public library in England, and they're wondering if any libraries have ever had experience of like twinning with another library. So like having a sister library, I guess is what they're asking. So like in a different country, a different part of the world, which I think is really like an interesting question. I don't expect us to have necessarily an answer to this question, but um, I do remember that my hometown had like a sister town, like somewhere in like Japan or something like that. So this is like a, a common thing that's done in a way to like gain perspective and experience from another culture. And I think that they're really fascinating. And I wonder what that would look like for libraries. That's a really interesting question. I, I've never heard of any libraries doing this, but I do like the idea. Um, especially during COVID, it might be nice to do kind of some Zoom book clubs or programming or something where both people from both libraries could attend. Or maybe like kind of each library can present on like, hey, this is, this is what our, our community looks like. This is like our cultural you know, the food here, traditions, holidays, things like that. The place we all used to work, the city had a sister city, if I remember correctly. But I, as far as the library went, we never did anything with that. But yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's a, a fascinating concept and definitely an excellent way to share resources um, and connect people of different communities. Yeah, I'm like reading the the last paragraph that they have in here and so like um they just sort of reinstate that like this wouldn't involve sharing resources or book loans or anything like that it would just be like a cultural exchange which I think you could totally do especially like y'all are saying with like zoom and quarantine like you could have yeah you could host like author like local author like have a local author from this city and this city both in the same thing talking about their books and sort of comparing and contrasting like have them both like read each other's books and talk about their books and kind of on a similar theme but like from a different perspective like I think you could do some really cool stuff I don't know that that was the first idea that came to mind was like some sort of like author exchange but there's probably other things the library could do yeah I think it would be interesting to have like um especially if you had your sister 
library in a different country, especially if there was like a language exchange, especially maybe for a, like a children's program or even a teen um, teen program, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be cool. Like, yeah, like you could do a story time with a, a storyteller from each library system and have them read the same book, but like mm -hmm. in both languages or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that the easiest thing to do would be to have some sort of uh, cultural exchange with a, another country that speaks the same language, but I think that would be less interesting, honestly. Yeah. Like, it'd be more interesting to ha find a city that's of a similar population, because I've, like, often heard, like, you know, we have benchmark cities and public libraries. I've heard that phrase before. Like, we try and find the libraries that are benchmarks so that we can have like an idea of like okay well this town is very similar like the way that they run their library system is very similar it's about the same size it's um a city system like our library is a city system I mean like that kind of thing um I think one of ours like for Seattle is like Cincinnati Ohio or something random like that but like, <laughs> but like so I think like every library I remember when when I worked at libraries in Texas they talked about their benchmark mm -hmm. um libraries like similar places with similar um, breakdowns. So you could probably find some place like that, you know, like look some other part of the world. I think it would help if you had a personal connection to a library, like in, from a different country, but I don't know how you go about forming that necessarily at this time, but could be interesting. Maybe someone on your staff is originally from some country and they have family or friends or something and you could figure something out. Yeah. I would want to do an exchange where I could go work at that library for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question from Reddit is from an academic librarian who asks, how do you get to know a city when interviewing virtually? So they have a final interview for an academic librarian position in January, and they want to like figure out the best way to get to know the city, and I'm also assuming the university, even though it doesn't say that in the question, but how do you get to know the community that you're gonna be working for, especially during COVID times when you can't physically go and like wander around? Like what's the best way? I would do tons of research. You know, of course, look at the city website, but maybe just do some like, just in general, look on social media what people are talking about it. I don't know if you can really ever get to know a place though just from looking online. I, it's hard for me to picture that. Like, yeah, I think you have to try and figure out how to talk to somebody yeah. who lives there. Yeah, that might be hard. But if you're on social media, maybe you can join a Facebook group for people, uh, residents of a certain area. And I think this person is asking because they want to know if it's a place where they would like to live in addition to work so yeah i think just like joining those facebook groups or finding them on next door or something like that just to like see it's like hey is anybody willing to talk to me like chat over zoom or through email just like what your experience is living here and that kind of thing because especially if they're a stranger then they don't really have any incentive to give you this fake answer yeah um because I don't know, like when I first um, got my new job um, at where I'm working currently, I 
I have lived in this city for a long time and, and know it pretty well. I was like, oh, my husband and I are buying a house. And I think this person thought like maybe we had just moved here. They're like, oh, you should move to like X neighborhood or this neighborhood. And I, and I was just kind of like, no, but thank you. Because <laughs> I mean, like, I think they just wanted me to live near them, which is really nice. But like, I, you know, I have the ability to say no, thank you, because I've lived here and I know the different neighborhoods and I know where I'd want to live. Yeah. Um, but if it's if it's a stranger and not necessarily someone you're going to be working with or somebody that you're going to be interacting with on a regular basis, then you can then they have no reason to try and convince you to live where they live. I mean, <laughs> unless, you know, they're just really proud of where they live and love where they live, uh, then maybe they do have a life scold to make <laughs> to have people move there. I don't know. So this may be a weird, weird recommendation, but I do find it helpful if I'm looking at a city that either I haven't been to in a long time or I'm I'm wanting to know more about neighborhoods in a city, look at Airbnb oh. um, because it breaks it down by neighborhood and you can kind of get a feel, at least housing wise, um, what you'd be looking at. Um, so that's something that, that I do, at least when it comes to where you might want to live or might want to stay. That's an interesting idea. I would never have thought of that. I honestly think like if it was a place that's, especially if it's far away and I don't know anyone that lives there and I'm going to be moving there by myself, I think I would just cave and I would go visit. But I understand this person's like fear of like, especially during COVID, like I wouldn't fly. I would drive there. Um, so I would be having to take some time off work and not everybody could do that. So I understand, but I'm saying mm -hmm. personally, I would really want to go and explore the place. Like, yeah. okay, do I feel comfortable? Do I, is this something that, because I think you don't really know, for me anyways, you don't really know um, if something feels good for you or it feels like home or it's like a yeah. place that you want to go to until you're actually physically there. Because yeah. there's been problems that I've gone to on interviews and I thought I would want it so bad. And then I was in the building having the interview and from the get-go, I was like, I don't want this. I, I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I mean, it's always a risk. Um, however, that was not like representative of what I was going to experience when I moved there, which is kind of like why my advice to find strangers who are not, um, who have no say in the process and who also have no, nothing to get out of it either way. Because I think like all the people that I interacted with were really trying to convince me this was a good place to be because they were desperate to fill this position with somebody. And so I, what I saw was great before I started the job. And then I started the job and I realized that there were like these splinter factions of people who didn't want me to be there and like all sorts of like stuff living in a small town that I just didn't know about because I've never lived in a town that small yeah. you know and it was just like a real eye-opener for me so I would suggest if you can find anybody who's not involved with the library or the school or wherever just just a random person who lives yeah. there and ask them to give you their experience that could be a good yeah thing. and um I know we talked I think we did in I don't know if it was Amanda or Gabby that mentioned like maybe some groups, but like on Facebook. So I'm a fan of my favorite murder. Um, 
they can be problematic at times, but I love my favorite murder fans. Like they're some of the coolest people and I'm in a murderinos of like North Texas group or something. And we have, there are so many people that will comment in there. Hey, I'm thinking about moving to this area. Do you have any recommendations? And so it's, you're then talking to people who are like-minded um, mm-hmm. because m- most of them are, you know, more progressive. They're interested in the same things that you are so they'll and you can then say hey this is what I'm looking for so there might be groups that you're part of like maybe you're part of a fandom like that and then just look and see if there's a group for that area and that way you can join and talk to them and tell them hey this is what I'm planning on doing I think that's really good advice yeah Mm -hmm. like see if they have a you know if you're a nerd if they have like a Star Trek fan club or something that meets up at the tavern every Thursday or something then you know then there are people that you can hang out with when you get there. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. So this is our last episode in this season of the Ask Us Desk. Season two will be a new, exciting, revamped version of our podcast in which we slightly tweak our focus from being so library focused to being more books and reading focused. So we're still librarians. We're still here to answer questions about libraries, library related services, but also we want to really stress that and anything else you might want to ask us part of our little spiel. So if you have a reference question, if you want us to help you find that book that you can't remember from when you were a kid, we are here to help you with that. You don't have to be a librarian or be in the library world to enjoy this podcast expanding our reach a little bit and Brittany has something really exciting to tell you about (laughs) Um, another uh, new aspect of the the podcast is we will be doing a year-long reading challenge Um, so we have math 21 prompts 21 edit that part we have 21 prompts um and each of the episodes we're going to be kind of talking about the different prompts maybe giving some reading recommendations talking about what we're doing for that reading challenge um but we will be posting the prompts um on our twitter and instagram soon ish and uh, we would love for you all to participate with us. Um, we might have some fun giveaways for the reading challenge. And um, we'll give some maybe book lists and re- answer any reader's advisory questions you might have. If you decide to read along with us, we'd love to have you participate. Uh, we will be operating under the hashtag AskUsReadingChallenge. Um, and that will be on both Twitter and Instagram. Woohoo. Um, all right. So as always, we like to end on a one-star Goodreads review. Do 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 This one-star Goodreads review, seasonally appropriate for the Grinch who stole Christmas. Is that the name of the stole Christmas? Me not even knowing what this book is called because I didn't write it down. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So this is a one-star Goodreads review for How the Grinch Stole Christmas from North Landisman on Goodreads. Forced to read this book many times. Big <laughs> issue. If a giant green monster broke into my house and stole all my stuff, I think the reaction would be shock and horror, not joyful singing. <laughs> one star.
Well, only one person saw the monster, if you could call the Grinch a monster. I know that someone to now do that song in like a minor key so it sounds more horror esque. <laughs> What I found horrifying in the book is there's a the scene when they, and he, he you know they're talking about they all get a feast and they eat who roast beef and who da 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 and I'm like are they cannibals are they eating no, other stop it it's <laughs> <laughs> like who dash the food and then all like every bit of food that was named I was like Cindy Lou Who hide hide honey hide. <laughs> <laughs>